Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. I started shooting brand photos kind of on accident. My friend Natalie Frank was in the middle of pivoting out of wedding photography and into her role of community leader of the Rising Tide Society, and she was working on website updates with her designer, Jen Olmsted of Tonic Sight Shop, and they realized that they needed to start fresh with a library of cohesive photos of Natalie's face instead of wedding photographers, you know what I'm talking about, instead of that like mismatched collection of behind the scenes photos that your second shooter's taken mixed with like headshots taken at various conferences throughout the years, <laughs> that, you know, most wedding photographers have that folder of photos, but what they didn't have was photographs that felt like they were made for the website. So they realized they needed that. And somehow both Jen and Natalie came to the conclusion that I should be the one to photograph those. I'm not really sure why, because I didn't have a body of work. Like I didn't, I hadn't been shooting headshots. I hadn't been shooting brand photos. Brand photography still wasn't even really a thing at that point. This was like 2016. Um, but they both decided that I should be the one to shoot it. And I said, sure, that sounds like fun. <laughs> so I prepped for Natalie's session. Like I would prep for a wedding because that was what I was at the, at the time I was a wedding photographer. I asked for pertinent details like location and like vendors involved and what's the start time and end time. And I even went so far as to sketch out a loose timeline of when we would move from one location to the other, and I felt pretty proud of myself for that. Beyond that, though, I treated the whole thing like you would expect a wedding photographer to do. I showed up, and I shot some really cute headshots and some portraits. I shot flat lays and some portraits of Natalie and her husband and their dogs, and I relied exclusively on creativity to strike in the moment. There was no preparation in terms of what are we going to shoot and how are we going to shoot it and why are we shooting it that way? The concept of like storyboarding out a shoot literally did not occur to me. Didn't even know that that could happen. The end result was a gallery of really pretty photos, headshots and flat lay photos and portraits of Natalie and her husband. And Natalie loved those images. I actually went back to her website as I was prepping for this episode and she still uses some of those images to this day. And they, you know, they performed well on Instagram and they filled the holes on the website that they needed them to fill. But none of those photographs spoke to Natalie's new role as a community leader. I gave her a gallery full of pretty when what she needed, looking back, was actually a gallery of purpose. The headshots that I took for Natalie were cute, but they were also really generic. They could have worked for her as a wedding photographer, as an author. If she were a VA, they would have worked for that. They, I guess they could work for a community leader. They would have also suited the role for a LinkedIn headshot. Any of it. They were just generic. There was nothing specific about them other than the fact that they were really cute. And it took a couple more brand shoots for me to realize what was wrong here. I realized that I was thinking about and shooting brand photos like a wedding photographer, and I needed to change my approach. I needed to learn to think like a branding photographer. And let me say this, this is super common for wedding and family photographers who are considering or maybe have even dipped their toes into branding photography, thinking that the approach that's worked so well for all of the other work that they've done, thinking they can use that same approach when it comes to branding and that it'll give, give them similar success. And I'm telling you, it doesn't. 
In the last episode, I defined brand photography as a branch of commercial photography that is focused on providing professional, cohesive images for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Brand photography is what tells the story of their offer with visuals in order to connect with a business's target market. And this means that you have to learn to think like a marketer, not a relationship documentarian. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely going to want to join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation. And learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist, that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media, and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. Once I realized the key to successful, standout brand shoots was learning to think like a strategist and a marketer, that's when things started to take off. I wasn't actively talking about brand shoots. I still had both feet in the wedding industry, and I, I didn't want to confuse my audience by talking about branding when I wasn't even sure that this was something that I wanted to offer in the long run. And consistency is really, really important to me as a business owner. I My degree is in communications, and there's this theory, I'm not, I can't remember the exact name of the theory, but it's something like the consistency theory. And that we as humans, we associate consistency with stability. And conversely, it, we associate inconsistency with instability. And so I know the more consistent my business is, the more stable my audience will view my brand. And so until I was sure that I wanted branding to become at least a semi-permanent structure in my business, I kept it as sort of a side gig, like something that I did for fun, something, I mean, obviously I got paid for it, and it was something that I would occasionally post to my stories while I was on set, but like, it wasn't on my website, I wasn't consistently blogging the sessions, it was not part of my business's overall messaging, and even though I wasn't talking about it consistently, we were still getting inquiries via word of mouth though because my clients were talking about it for me. So when Matt and I finally decided to intentionally pursue more brand clients, I knew that that meant I was going to need to officially launch or introduce the offer to our audience. And if I was being honest with myself, I thought this had about a 30% chance of actually working out the way that I wanted it to. In episode four, I shared my story of transitioning from weddings to branding. Definitely go listen to that if you haven't. 
But I had initially thought the process of pivoting out of weddings, if if it ever worked, was going to take at least five years. I was like, oh, maybe in like five to 10 years, I won't be shooting weddings anymore. But I didn't think that that was something I could do quickly. When we sat down at the beginning of 2019 to map out our year, we had already decided that I wanted to diversify my offers because I eventually wanted to leave the wedding industry. I had never intentionally marketed brand photography. All my clients, like I said, had, had come to me via word of mouth. And the thought of introducing a new offer was really scary to me. I had a, a really good thing going on with weddings. I had consistent bookings. I had relationships with planners that I could rely on to bring in consistent bookings. Uh, I was like at the tier that I wanted to be as a wedding photographer, but I also knew I didn't want to be in the wedding industry forever. However, I was not convinced that branding could actually replace my wedding income. So as we were sitting there mapping out the launch plan, I remember it clear as day because we had taken a retreat to a cabin and we were going through the book Traction and we were mapping out our entire year. This was February of 2019. So as we're sitting there mapping out, like literally saying like, how much money do we want to come in from brand photography this year versus weddings? It was one of those situations where I'm sitting there and I'm writing on the board and I'm like, this sounds nice, but there's no way that this is going to work the way that we think it will. There's, there's just no way. So we're going to spend all this time making this plan, and for what? There's no chance this is actually going to work. Some of that was a fear of change, like of moving away from the industry that I had called home for so many years. Some of that was skepticism that branding was anything more than a passing fad, because while it, we had seen it gain traction over the, you know, over the past couple of years, I was like, this is just a flash in the pan. This isn't going to be like a, a permanent thing. And then, but some of that skepticism was also just plain fear of failure. What if I try this and it doesn't work? What if I put this new offer out there and I stick my neck out and I do all of the work to get it ready for market and the response is absolute crickets? I used to be terrified of failure. That's not to say that I like it these days, but I'm learning to embrace the information and the data that failure generates. LaCoya Heggie said at a... Um, a conference I attended one time, she said, it's not failure, it's information. And that has become my mantra over the last several years so that when something doesn't go the way that I want it to, it doesn't mean it's a failure, like hard stop, make a 180 and pursue something else. It's just more information. Like what if I had tried and I failed at launching brand photography, then who's to say that that's where the road ends? I'm self-employed for Pete's sake. I can do whatever the heck I want to. There's no law saying that I can't keep trying or that I can't pivot in a different direction. I think the thing that scared me the most was change and the difficulty that often comes along with it. So getting back to the story, Matt and I knew that this offer of brand photography was, it was going to need some kind of announcement. I couldn't just like subtly slide a website out there and be like, oh, fingers crossed. Hopefully people will become self-aware enough to know that I offer brand photography. So I, I knew I needed some kind of announcement. It needed a home on my website. And it needed a consistent presence on my social media. Also needed a place to see my portfolio. And speaking of portfolio, I was going to need to beef that up. So I had several shoots under my belt at that point, but I wanted to be able to hit the ground running once we officially introduced the offer. And I wanted to be able to charge full price from the word go. So I knew I would have an easier time doing that if I could present a verified offer, which means an offer that has been put out there. It's been proven to work. It's not something that I'm just testing out. So for me, that meant that I needed to be able to show that I had done this service for more than just my industry friends, right? <laughs> 
And this is where the concept of beta clients came in. This is hands down the strategy I recommend for every photographer looking to pivot into branding. I teach this inside Brand Photography Academy. This is hands down the strategy that I recommend for anyone looking to pivot into brand photography, assuming you don't have a portfolio of existing work already. Because what we want to do is to provide examples that your approach works, that you have what we call a proven process. You've been able to show that you're not just making things up as you go along. You have provided these results for others and you can provide them again for new clients. And that doesn't mean that you have to have every single piece of your business figured out before you take the first step. But being able to show a verified offer will allow you to charge appropriate rates from the time you launch instead of feeling like you can't command a full price because you're still building your portfolio. And this is something that Cal Newport talks about. The concept of career capital, Cal Newport talks about this in his book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, that when you want to move industries or change your career, you have to take a look at what kind of rare and valuable skills do I already have from my previous work that I can take and transfer into this new industry. Because for me, I wasn't starting in photography from the ground up. I wasn't new to a camera. I had an existing business. I had existing brand equity. I had a reputation. And so I wanted, when I moved from weddings into branding, to be able to command similar rates that I was getting from weddings. I was at the top of the industry when it came to wedding photography. And I didn't want to start at the bottom with branding. And so in order to transfer that career capital, because being a wedding photographer isn't that far from being a brand photographer, which meant I didn't need to start over. It wasn't like I was going from wedding photography to like, opening a yoga studio where nobody had heard of me and I was starting from the ground up. There was, there was capital there that could be transferred, but I just needed to show people that what I was offering was already tested and proven. And so that's where the concept of beta clients comes in. Like I said, I wanted to be able to hit the ground running at full price and using beta clients allowed me to do that. I never had to discount. I never had somebody second guess me because I hadn't shown that I could do for future clients what I had done for past clients. So I handpicked three dream clients from three completely different industries, and I reached out to ask if they would be interested in working together on a brand shoot. I outlined in the email what kind of shoot I was offering, sort of the, the parameters that I was hoping to work within, what I hoped the shoot would accomplish, why this was going to be valuable for them, that kind of thing. And I was really intentional about choosing business owners that were the sort of entrepreneur that I wanted to work with moving forward. And then I said in that email, as a thank you for their time, I would love to share the gallery of high resolution digital negatives with them. Do not use the word free. Free communicates cheap and you're less likely to have your clients take the offer seriously. You want them to respect the time that you're pouring into this and for this to be mutually beneficial. So we don't use the word free here. Two of those three clients ended up working out and I proceeded to plan and then shoot their sessions like I would for any paying client. I took them through my proven process. It was actually because of my beta clients that I developed the pre-shoot questionnaire that we still use today. I coached my beta clients on finding a killer location and what kind of props to bring, what kind of photographs would best meet their needs and help support their upcoming business goals, what kind of photographs would support their marketing goals, that kind of thing. Then I edited and delivered the gallery like I normally would. 
and I talked about the sessions on social media more than I had in the past to show my audience what it was that I was up to. And I, and I wanted to start priming them, start getting them ready for that official launch. And then finally, I added the material to my portfolio so that once I was ready to make the announcement, I had a bigger, more diverse body of work to showcase and attract the type of clients I was hoping to work with moving forward. And then here's the kicker. I started talking about it and I never stopped. In episode five, I shared with you guys the foundational inputs of every brand, and one of those was messaging. Essentially, what do you need people to know about your business? What are the most essential takeaways? The art of messaging involves telling the same story a hundred different ways. So the new message was, I'm a brand photographer. I had not previously introduced myself that way, but now I needed people to know one of the essential takeaways of the Abby Grace brand was, I'm a brand photographer. And the way I communicated that, the way I kept talking about that, was to show off my work, to post behind-the-scenes snippets from shoots, to talk about sessions that were coming up and my process of preparing for each one of those. I showed off my infamous production binder that I take to every session. I just kept talking about brand photography. And soon after, the narrative around my business shifted. Not just the story I was telling my audience, but the story my audience members were telling each other. Because people need to be exposed to a message anywhere between 3 and 27 times before they're going to make a purchasing decision. Isn't that bananas? Like you need to hear them. It's not enough for someone to just be like, you have a need, I can meet that. Or you have a problem, I can solve that. They have to tell you between 3 and 27 times that they can solve your problem before you're finally willing to take action and purchase something. Have you ever wondered why you get so many follow-up emails from that skincare company you possibly regret giving your email address to? It's because they know the more times you see their name and their products in your inbox, the more likely you are to purchase. It's like the episode of Parks and Rec where Anne finally agrees to go out with Tom and she goes, okay, okay, you wore me down. And he goes, four sweetest words in the English language, you wore me down, right? This is what messaging is all about, but like in a more positive context. If I had made a one-time announcement about this new brand photography offer and then wilted when the inquiries didn't start flooding in, I would have stopped way too soon. Think about how few people see your posts on social media anymore. Those low levels of engagement aren't necessarily a sign that your content isn't good. They're evidence of the changing algorithm and the fact that only a fraction of your audience is seeing what you post, which makes it all the more important that you keep talking. You're training people to think of you in a new way and to associate brand photography with your name. It is going to take multiple exposures for that to stick. I'm walking through this literally right now. I had a private podcast this this past spring that I talked about here and there, um, but the artist and CEO, this is my first go at having a public podcast, at actually calling myself a podcaster. And it's going to take time to get the word out that I have a podcast But the more I talk about it, the more normal it becomes, and the more people will learn to start thinking of me as a podcaster. The more people will start talking to each other like, oh, you're a new photographer? Here are the top three podcasts you need to listen to. Artisan CEO, um, The Boca Podcast, and Gold Digger. Fill in the blanks, whatever your favorites are. Every episode that I put out strengthens that new messaging. And every time I talk about it on social media, it drives that message home a little bit further. I'm telling you, it's going to feel like you're talking about this new offer to death, especially when you first announce it. But I promise you, 
you're not. You're not boring people. It's going to feel like you're screaming, but to everyone else, you're talking at a normal volume. My friend Ashlyn gave me that advice when it comes to launching, and I'm telling you it's true. After that initial launch period, make sure to keep that message in your rotation of things that you talk about in all of your various traffic channels. Maybe in the past you were a wedding photographer and you were posting your work mm, a couple times a week, but now you've added brand photography as an offer. Great. So I want you to talk about brand photography at least once a week. Don't let people forget that this is something that you do, okay? If you feel like you're coming up short because you've only shot a few sessions, go create some work for yourself. That's what beta clients are. But you can do this on a smaller scale, like on a weekly scale. Challenge yourself to capture still life content for your own brand or better yet for a dream brand. Like maybe you're obsessed with the brand Well-Kept. This is so niche. They make screen wipes in really fun packaging and it is the only time in my life when I've ordered screen wipes in bulk, but they're so cute. So like, let's say you order a few supplies from one of your favorite brands. Maybe you go on Well-Kept's website and you order like one of every type of screen wipe they have. You could put together a mock product shoot or you could photograph those products in use like you would for a real client session and then share the process and the final product on social media. I want you to blog about it and then add it to your portfolio. Because here's the thing about portfolio building. The purpose of the portfolio is to show what you can do. So if you're creating original creative work at home, it doesn't matter that it wasn't commissioned by a client. It's still an example of what you are capable of producing. Don't feel shy about adding that to your portfolio. When I was still in the wedding industry, I would often come home from events with a few shots left on my roll of film from my contacts. So on Monday morning, before we shipped my film off to the lab, I had to finish the roll and I didn't just want to waste the film because it's like $2 a shot. So I would run around my office and pick up desk tchotchkes and see what can I create with the materials that I have on hand. Um, and then I would shoot flat lays just to practice. I had some white foam core board in my office or I would use one of my Lindale styling mats. Um, and then those flat lays that I took, several of those ended up being added to my portfolio when I first launched brand photography. Even though they weren't paid for by a client, they were still examples of what I could do. I would, may have been shooting for myself, but it was still evidence of what I could produce for a client in the future. Here's the thing about beta clients. You treat them like a normal client you market them like a normal client, and pretty soon the inquiries will begin to arrive even before you put up a page on your website with the new offer. People need to see before they buy. When I was a wedding photographer, trying to sell albums without a physical album in hand was really hard. Like, imagine with me, if you will, an 8x8 album with flat lay pages and flush, like nobody knows what that means. But when I started ordering sample albums and placing those in the hands of my clients and saying, this is what your album will look like, my album sales skyrocketed. So people need to see before they buy. They need to see that you've done similar work for somebody else. And once you've shown them that, you've shown that you have a proven process and a blueprint for every new client that comes through the doors, it demonstrates expertise and it positions you as an authority in the minds of your audience. You don't need to be the expert in order to be an expert. You just need to show the people that you know what you're doing and that they can trust you to help them get similar results. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?